welcome back to the Eurotrips football podcast. We are now officially underway in all of Europe's top five leagues, and we're going to preview the upcoming games for the weekend ahead. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm this week joined by our three regulars. Our first one is Jonathan. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good stuff. And um, our second guest is Ryan. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. And finally, I'm here with Naeem. How are you? Good, but tired. Um, yeah. yeah, went to two games back to back midweek. Yeah, takes it out of you. But I went to two new grounds, so I can't complain. So, yeah, it's all good, man. Of course, you went to, was it Portsmouth, Cambridge in Portsmouth? Was it Blackburn, Reading, I saw? Yeah, I went Reading, Blackburn last night. Missed the first 15 minutes because. Uh, unless you get a cab or a coach or a bus to the station, yeah, it's, it's a long walk, it's about an hour. So, yeah, it's a good stadium. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll recommend both of them. Good um, good grass to go to. So, yeah, that's two more ticked off. So, yeah, I'm going to see if I can do all 92 um, sooner or later. So, yeah. Did they play Come On Your Royals when you were at Reading? Um, did they? I can't even remember, to be fair. Like, I can't remember. I call it the worst video I've seen on Twitter from any clubs, official social media. That was disastrous. Um, so as said in the intro, we are going to go through each league. Um, we're going to preview, so we'll give you roughly three games each to watch out for in each league, basically, and any sort of news that are happening that's happened today or yesterday and stuff like that. So our first league is going to be in Germany. So Jonathan, all yours. Yes, yeah, so we're for, through the first two match days in the Bundesliga. Bayern and Dortmund currently sit top of the table as expected with two wins each. Bayern have looked so impressive. Jamal Musiala has gotten the start in those first two contests over Leroy Sané. Uh, already has a few goals and has been so explosive, nearly unstoppable. Still only 19 years old and you know people are, are drawing comparisons to him with, with all other world-class attackers around the world. Um, so he's got a bright future ahead, and, and Bayern don't look to have lost a step at all without, without Robert Lewandowski, Julian Nagelsmann. It doesn't seem to affect his system at all. I think it actually makes it better. He's more flexitile, uh, flexible, uh, versatile, because he doesn't have that number nine, that target striker that he needs. So he can move Sadio Mane out wide, Gnabry can play out wide or inside as well. So it gives Bayern actually a lot more different options and makes them a little bit less predictable. Dortmund, on the other hand, have been decent. They beat Leverkusen 1-0 in sort of an underwhelming game. They did come back in the second half to beat Freiburg 3-1 uh, with some decent substitutions. But, you know, it, it, you still feel like Bayern far and away are the best team in this league. Leipzig have signed Timo Werner from Chelsea. He is back. 30 million odd pounds, I think, in total when, when it all comes out, or 30 million uh, odd euros. But they sit 11th, two draws to start their campaign. Not a great start for them, and not a great start for the Europa League champions. Frankfurt, they've lost Philip Kostic to Juve. So a few other transfers um, rumored, such as Evan Indica, possibly leaving out of the club to Milan. We'll see if that transfer eventually goes through. Uh, and finally, Leverkusen. Leverkusen are supposed to be easily in the top four this year. Some even have pegged them as a ch title challenger after finishing last season so strongly. Zero points through two games. They've scored one goal in total. And they even lost their first round of the DFB Pokal match to SV Elversburg, a team that just even a few years ago wasn't, wasn't even a professional side. They, weren't, they were an amateur team. 
there in the third division of German football in Leverkusen lost four to three to Elversburg. I can't, I can't tell you how insane that is. And not only that, they lost the two Bundesliga games after that to start the season against Dortmund and at home against Augsburg, which is a horrendous loss. So Patrick Schick and Musa Diaby, they're healthy, but they haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net. A few games to watch this weekend, though. I really like Dortmund, Werder Bremen. Uh, Werder recently promoted side. I think they could stay up. I still have them in my predictions going down, but they've looked better than expected to start the season. Leverkusen are off to Hoffenheim. They need to win that game. They need three points or else uh, manager Gerardo Sione's seed is, is going to be on fire at this point, even just three games into the season. And then probably the game of the week is Union Berlin against Leipzig. Can Leipzig get three points and uh, will Timo Werner score another goal? He already has one in his first game back in a Leipzig shirt. So that's the roundup for the Bundesliga. I think it's interesting to see what Werner will do because, and same with Lukaku, actually, the fact that you know Werner arrived at Chelsea, same with Lukaku, with a lot of expectation, a lot of you know, a lot of money as well. And I think some players just aren't suited to the Premier League, and I think he can go for other leagues as well. Um, and I think that, I think, yeah, I think he could absolutely smash it once again. He's already proved that with a goal in his first game. So I'm interested to see what he'll do because he's a great player at Leipzig. Um, had so many goals, so I think you know, it'll be really interesting to see what he can do in Germany. But moving on from Germany, we are now heading over to Italy. So, Ryan, all yours. Well, first, I don't think we can count Timo Werner's goal as a goal because people <laughs> pretty much went through his hands. So, I'll clear that one up straight it away. Was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty yeah. bad. So, anyway, uh, game week one in Italy was a success. Plenty to discuss. Um, both Milan clubs got off to the perfect start, though Inter, they needed a 95th-minute winner from Denzel Dumfries, who was actually meant to go to Chelsea. Not really sure what happened with that one in the end, but they got all three points away to newly promoted Lecce, who put in a good performance as well. Lukaku actually did score in that game, a proper goal, um, after just two minutes as well. So perfect start, really, for him. The red side in Milan, they came from behind, to win 4-2 as well. Brilliant performance from Antti Rebic as well. The, another team not far from Milan, Monza, newly, again, a new, newly promoted side. They, they couldn't fight back as they were beaten 2-1 to Torino. Antonio Sanambria scored a lovely scissor kick, which was actually featured in the Eurotrips TikTok account, so be sure to check that out. Um, we saw drama as well in Rome as Lazio versus Bologna Saw both teams reduced to 10 men. Goalkeeper Luis Maximiliano, he was shown a red card after just six minutes for picking the ball up outside of his box. And I saw Lucas Heradaki do the exact same thing for Leverkusen the other week against Dortmund right at the end of the game. And it seems referees are quite hot on this. And I think it's a bit harsh, but ultimately they were both sent off and that put Lazio uh, on the back foot, really. They went 1-0 down, but they did come from behind to win 2-1. Bologna picked up seven bookings throughout the game, including two that went to the same man, which obviously levelled up the teams on the pitch. But my guy, Chiro Immobile, he got his first of many this season. To see Lazio get all three points, um, 
what happened elsewhere. Luka Jovic, he scored on his Fiorentine debut. They secured all three points at home to Cremonese. Again, a newly promoted team that put in a very good performance. Uh, Roma got off to win and start as well, as did Spezia, Atalanta, Juve and Napoli. And I'd have to say, Napoli were among the most impressive. They defeated Verona away 5-2 with five different goal scorers, actually, including a terrific debut from now... This name, if it, if it was given to Paul Merson, I think he would have a brain aneurysm. Um, I'm going to try. I believe it's pronounced Cavara Tisquilia. But oh, okay. he, he put in a very, very good performance. And uh, Napoli starting to do bits. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. But obviously Juve mentioned they got the win. They were dominant pretty much at home to Sassuolo and held Di Maria. He showed his class throughout the game, got a goal, did go off injured towards the end. So hopefully that's nothing sort of too serious as it looks like they'd be quite reliant on his goals and assists this season. In other news, Domenico Berardi signed a new five-year deal with Sassuolo. Obviously the club that he's been at throughout the majority of his career, I think it's only two years or so in which he was away from Cicuolo. He was at Juve. I don't even think he made a perform, uh, made any appearances for the club. So, pretty much, you know, a you know main guy at Cicuolo, and looks like he's going to be there a little while longer. Um, Napoli starting to show their hand as well in the transfer window. They've looks like they're going to bring in uh, Tangi and Dombele from Tottenham on a loan, as well as Giacomo Raspadori from the aforementioned Cicuolo. He'll be a very, very good signing, very good young player as well. That obviously joined Giovanni Simeone, who completed his deal earlier in the week. Another great signing, obviously one of the stars of last season. Scored a very, very large amount of goals for mid to low table clubs in Serie A. So he should do bits for Napoli, along with Victor Osimhen. Uh, in moves away from Serie A, Justin Cliver, obviously son of Patrick. Looks like he's going to join Fulham which would pave the way for Andrea Bellotti to join Roma on a free transfer, add into that already exceptional transfer window. So pretty much wraps up Serie A for this week. Fantastic, fantastic. And I think, yeah, as, as, as we said before in our predictions and preview to the season, I think we're going to see another brilliant title race. And I think it sounds like Lukaku's back to his old ways again, just away from that Chelsea toxic atmosphere. But our third league... It's the Premier League, and those of you from the UK, you may not have known what went on in you know, Syria and Bundesliga and later on La Liga, but you all know what happened in the Premier League last weekend. Darwin Nunes is an idiot. Conte and Tuchel had that argument on the touchline, and Arsenal looked like they're actually going to be good this year. So, in terms of news, before we go on to this weekend's games to watch out for, it looks like um, Man U are going to be signing Casemiro for a deal worth £60 million with Real Madrid open to selling their Brazilian midfielder. Um, the problems with them continue with Ronaldo. Um, but he's talked about, you know, some truth, giving us some truth in a few weeks about what's gone on. Um, seems all dodgy there. I think his time's going. I think he could, there's talk he could even be, um, have, have his contract terminated by the club. Uh, City have no intention of selling Bernardo Silva. Um, and then the crazy one, which, you know, I've seen, 
doing the rounds today, which I know Ryan definitely is also um, bemused by, is the fact that Forest have agreed a reported £42.5 million deals for Wolves' Morgan Gibbs-White, which for me is, I can't believe why that's the case. He's, not, he's been all right, but I don't think he's ever shown me enough to go, oh yeah, he's a £40 million player. So that for me is the main news coming out of the Premier League. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Well, obviously that that kind of figure being chucked about obviously got a lot of people's attention. But um, funny enough, with, with, with David Ornstein, he didn't report it correctly. He did alter it a little bit later on because it's, apparently it's actually only a £25 million fee, but it could rise up to £42 million after sort of performance-based bonuses and things like that, really. So even still at that price, that's a, a lot of money for someone that's only really shown any decent form in the championship. Like, that is crazy. And I don't really know what to make of Forest business, to be honest. It seems weird. Um, it actually quite reminiscent, I think, of... Remember when QPR came up? Yeah. They, were, they were buying, like, Julio Cesar and, <laughs> and Rio Ferdinand. Was it Rio Ferdinand or Anton Ferdinand? Yeah, no, they, did did have, yeah they did have both. Yeah, they had both. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it was just like... It, quite reminiscent of, of that and obviously I hope Forest stay up because I've got a few Forest fans as friends but they their business is, is odd really in, my, in the predictions episode I, I did have Forest barely staying up just because of what I had seen them do in the transfer market and their ambitions I felt were, were far greater than Fulham or Bournemouth but it's starting to get to the point where I almost want them to get relegated right back into the second division because I thought about a week or two ago, I'm like, all right, they've got their transfers in. This is going to, the spending, this insane spending is going to stop. It's not like they're selling a bunch of their old players off. They've got, I think, 5 million euros out of the club confirmed at the moment, 120 million euros into the club, which will undoubtedly be probably nearly 200 by the end of this windows over. So it's honestly, it's, it's, I, I did say it was dangerous how if a team wavers too much from their original group, their original lineup of players that they depended on to get them back into this position in the top flight, that this could be a little dangerous. And I think they're getting to the point where it's such a new squad of nearly every position has at least a new one new player in it that I almost want to see them go back down just because this type of business just – I don't think it's fair to a lot of the players that got them into this position, whether or not those players are good enough for uh, the Premier League or not. Yeah, this is why, for me, I did have Bournemouth staying up was the fact that if not lost anyone, not bought anyone. I think there is a an argument for that side of thing, the fact that if you keep the players that kicked that got you together and you keep that same eleven, then when teams go up most times Blackpool was one of the exceptions most teams like Sheffield United did a couple of years ago when they first went up they kept the same team and they stayed up with, with ease um, but then on the flip side look at Aston Villa and Fulham in the last few years they've done Forest approach and you know they've not done as well so I think Wolves have done that approach and it's worked out well as well so I think there's definitely could really could go either way um, what's your stance on it Naeem do you think they're going to have a a season like Fulham, like Villa, or do you think they can have a season like Wolves had when they bought loads of players and easily stayed up? Um, I think I think they probably will struggle. To be fair, um, like Jonathan was saying, when you buy too many players, you know it's just it's a bit 
this was a bit too much really, but I think I think they're obviously finishing the bottom half. Um they'll rely on their home form this season to obviously keep them up as well. And I don't think they'll be that great on the road. But some of the players they have bought in are are good, but it's just a, it's just a bit too much really. Um, you know, maybe five, six new players just to um have cover in the positions that they already had. But I, I don't know how much players have they've signed now. Is it like what 14, 15 or is it? 16, Yes, that's yeah, that was too much. And yeah, we've seen obviously teams in the past, you know, when they, they come up and buy nearly like a whole new squad and then they pretty much grab back down. So they'll be lucky to stay up. Um, I didn't put, put them to go down, I think they might just stay up, but yeah, it, it could be a bit of a worry if, um, you know, with all their signings that they're, they're making. Just looking now, like, yeah. even, even when you look on Twitter, like, um, the British Roman has said that there's they're not done yet so they're still going to bring in oh my a god so they could, he could well approach 20 new players coming in that's like like 10 even as an obscene number 20 is just like unheard of it's practically a brand new squad of players which is just silly I mean for me they were lucky to get the win against West Ham West Ham should have won mm. that game obviously they hit the bar twice I think obviously had that goal disallowed which I think was a you know, the wrong decision as well. So, you know, they Imagine. were... I thought it was the right decision. Like, when I watched it, I thought it seemed, mm-hmm. seemed a bit intentional from, from my angle. That I, that's, I thought it was, that was the right decision. Perhaps. I mean, it, it was it was a little bit harsh in my opinion, but, you know, the VAR already this season has been disgraceful, in my opinion, as well as the referees. And not just for, well, Arsenal haven't really had any decisions to go against them, but watching certain other games... Um, the Chelsea game, obviously, which I imagine we'll mention surely, was mm-hmm. bemusing. And uh, just no wonder Thomas was uh, a bit angry on the touchline. <laughs> yeah, and of course, talking of that weekend as well, of course, you guys both went to the Arsenal-Leicester game. How was that? Good. Very good. Very good. Atmosphere was good. Goals were good. Yeah, all around good performance, really. I had nothing negative to say for once about Arsenal. Um, yeah, so yeah, good game, man. And going quickly back to Morgan Gibbs-White, before we do go on to the previews, um, he did get 11 goals in 35 games in the league and then he got an extra couple in the playoffs and the EFL Cup from attacking midfield. But I remember a few years ago, I used him on career mode and he could play striker and centre mid. So he seems quite versatile. Um, so we'll see what he can do with a pop, we assume with a proper chance now in the Premier League to shine. Um, obviously, in terms of games as we can that are going ahead, I picked out three I think are going to be ones to look out for. Um, both act two, two of them on Sunday. So the first I've gone for is Leeds against Chelsea. It's two o'clock. It's on Sky Sports. And the reason why I've got this as a game to look out for is because Leeds against were seen by many, including myself, to go down. I think we all had Leeds, uh, if not one of us had Leeds in our bottom three, albeit only two games gone in, but they've got six points. Um, so they've got a win and a draw. And Chelsea have got the same thing. You know, Chelsea, I thought, looked really good against Spurs. But I think this is a Leeds chance. If they can if they can win this game, I think they can send out a real statement that, not they're going to chance for Europe, but I think definitely that we're not as bad as everyone's made out. I think if they can get a win here at End Road, be a bouncing atmosphere, I, I think maybe we could see, you know, a really good game here. And obviously we saw how that game ended. It'll be interesting to see whether Tuchel... I don't know whether he's. I know he's got set off. I don't know whether he's got a ban on touchline. I'm not sure, but if he yeah, has, he can't he can't travel. Oh, he can't travel at all. Not okay. So he can't travel. Okay, so that means 
don't know exactly who's, who's assistant for him nowadays, but it'd be interesting to see how they play with him not there. Um, but the other game I want to look out for on a Sunday is Newcastle against Man City. City are top with six points, maximum points so far, two wins. And Newcastle, um, they got the win, of course, on the first game in the draw. Second game, they're currently with four points as well. But I think Newcastle were a team I tipped highly to go up. Um, not go up, so challenge for Europe. And I think they've got a bad history in recent years. As Kieran from the Hairdryer Treatment Podcast will tell you, of losing games, especially at home against Man City. Um, so I think if they can get a win here, a bit like Leeds against Chelsea, I think it can be a real statement of intent from them. Again, to say, yeah, we're here now. And then finally, of course, the one that everyone's probably looking forward to the most is Liverpool Man U at Old Trafford, which is a, annoyingly a Monday night game. Uh, eight o'clock kickoff on Sky as well. Um, again, for me, this also really brings in my topic I want to go into. Um, Man U, of course, had a horrible loss to Brentford on the weekend before, lost 4-0. Uh, 4-0 in the first half even and then Liverpool got an underwhelming 1-1 draw at home to Palace which is again a result no one expected um, everyone's been jokingly called it a relegation battle um, but it's not been a good start for me as a team um, no one would have thought Man U would have got no points especially against Brighton and Brentford and Liverpool everyone thought we'd have at least six points playing against Palace and Fulham you know on paper that's, that should be two wins and with as being four or five points, four points, I think it is behind Man City already. I think we are already playing catch up. I think it makes our job a little bit harder now to win the league. Um, so, how would you guys assess the um, first few games from these two teams ahead of their Monday night football clash? Funny. Well, uh, well with, with United, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, well, with United, um, their, their squad's pretty much the same as last season, barring Martin and Ericsson being in there. And I don't know. I just don't know what's wrong with that team. They're just, players got, I don't know. I think Oli being there, you know, he was just kind of like a mate's mate sort of thing. He wasn't really, wasn't, he wasn't good anyway. Um, United, they're just, their players, they're just not good enough. They're on stupid money. De Gea, I don't know how he's still in a team. Um, he's been past it since like the 2018 World Cup. Um, but with them, obviously, you're going to have to give the manager time because he's only really brought in three players. Um, you know, you can't see an instant turnaround cons- um, compared to the season they had last season. So it's going to take time with them. I think their best hope is probably to get Europa League again. Um, and then, obviously, in the summer and January, Ten Hag can try and shift a few more players out of that squad and then uh, try and get them into that top four battle because... Um, it's gonna it's gonna take a couple of years probably um, to try and fix that. But the, the way they're running is just a mess anyway. To be fair, and with Liverpool, I think that Mane losing Mane is um, a big miss. Um, Diaz is good, but um, he's not gonna have that same impact Mane has. But with with you guys, it just seems like you just keep getting injuries, and uh, I, I just don't think the depth there. You still do well, but I think not not as good as last season. I think I think he peaked um, last season, and yeah, um, I. I don't think you win any trophies this season, in my opinion, really. So, yeah, that's why I see question. It my question with United is: is do they even have a scouting department anymore? I'm so confused. <laughs> how do you go? How do you go from Frankie De Young to Adrian Rabio, and then to 80 million euro Casemiro to solve your <laughs> midfield problems? Like these, these three players couldn't be more different from each other. I'm, I'm so bewildered. And then now they're linked with 
Gladbach keeper Jan Sommer from the Bundesliga, who's in his 30s, as a backup to De Gea because they're, they're all of a sudden realizing that De Gea cannot pass to save his life, which the rest of the world has known about for the last four or five years. I, I'm just – and now Ronaldo, all of a sudden his agent is pushing for him to join Borussia Dortmund, which is one of the funnier things I've, I've heard in the last few weeks. It's, it's just – it's mayhem, and, and, you know, it's <laughs> – I'm at a loss for words. I remember I turned on the TV and I was like, oh, let's, you know, let's check out this Brentford United score. It was two, nothing. You know, I was like, okay, this is a bit surprising. Then it was three, nothing. And then it was four, nothing within, you know, what was that? 35, 35 minutes or so. Um, yeah. So my, my question is just as, do they even have a scouting department? If so, you know, are they quarantined or are, are they just not there anymore? Who's, who's, Who's coming up with these? Why are you signing? Why are you trying to sign Adrian Rabio? He's been so bad for Juventus. Do they? I I need to stop. I need to stop talking because I just don't. I don't get it. I think that, I think at this point they're just desperate. They just want to get anyone in. To be fair, <laughs> there's no yeah, real I strategy. Think that's what it is? I think they've been linked with so many players. I mean, there's been Pulisic linked. There's been so many players that've been linked with Manu. So many. And it just seems like they're, they're trying to find someone, and I don't know whether players don't want to go there or I don't know what's going on. It just seems like it just seems like it just something's going wrong business wise. Cause they bought that I don't know whether you guys saw that graphic with the Monday Night Football with Neville and Carragher. Yeah. How many players they bought they bought so many players and a lot of these players had good reputations, you know. And I don't know whether they bought these players too late in the day. I, I'm not sure. But it's just on that point of view, I think Man U, it just seems no different to how it was two years ago in the Ollie. So I think I'm going to say not much more because I don't want to jinx it in terms of mon- Monday night and bad mouth and too much and look like an idiot. But, Ryan, in terms of going to Liverpool, um, in terms of their problems, in terms of, do you think it's something, obviously, we've seen Nat Phillips come in, who was at Bournemouth last year on loan. You know, you look at um, Thiago's injury as well. Um, th- th- does this underlie for you even more a problem with depth in terms of that midfield, especially? Oh, I don't care about Liverpool. My, 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 Focus as on my night at the moment. Um, yeah, fine by me. <laughs> um, I've I've been in the process, as you know, this week about doing a a Manchester United problems TikTok and um, struggling to finish it because you just can't help but laugh <laughs> as you as you try and make it. It's it's probably it's the obscene. longest video of all time too. Will TikTok accept yeah. a video that long? It's already five minutes long, and obviously <laughs> yeah. I'm not even halfway done. So that's that's it. I mean, it's just the players that they've been linked with. I mean, you mentioned three there, but for a striker as well, they were trying to get Matthias Cunha from Atletico Madrid, who <laughs> I think scored six goals in 30 appearances. He's not not even a striker either. He's an attacking midfielder. Then they were linked to Mario Icardi, which I would actually love to see because already at You've already got a toxic dressing room there. Adding card <laughs> that would be would be reality TV, and I'll pay to see it. But then you they move on from him to Aubameyang, who was ridiculed by most of his supporters when he was at Arsenal towards the end of his time, and now 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 they all want him. Funny. Um, and then they move on to Jamie Vardy, who. Looked like a 50-year-old man against Arsenal on the weekend <laughs> uh, and was actually taken off towards the end of the game. Might have been just because uh, 
the Arsenal fans were singing that his wife is a grass, but that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was quite amusing. But it was. I mean, the problems that you know it is just. Mm. I'm not. I'm I don't not, know. I don't know if Amazon is there right now, but if you thought Arsenal's all or nothing was oh, good, this would be. Oh. This would win every single award there there is. I mean, that would that would surely be pay per view as well. <laughs> I'd pay just, for it. Yeah. Oh, without doubt. I'm. I'm. You know. I think. Every other fan, apart from Man United fans, are sitting there with smiles and grins on their uh, on their faces at the minute. But in terms of Liverpool, I didn't expect the start from Liverpool, especially from the first game in which they cost me a lot of money. Um, I don't. Uh, that's weird with them. I don't. I don't understand why they've played. They're, like they've got two draws. Yeah, but I watched both games and they weren't even good in both games. They didn't arguably didn't even deserve a result in either game, which is really strange. I didn't think they would miss... I don't think it's Mane, personally. I, it's more... Their midfield is just... I don't know. I think they went for the wrong position this summer. I think they should have targeted a midfielder in terms of a priority over a centre-forward. I mean, I think Jude Bellingham's a, a sort of a long... Sort of standing target for them, but maybe he's a little bit still too raw or too young yet. I don't know, but there was midfielders out there, and you know, I think both clubs dropped it in terms of bringing in the midfield. I mean, look at Spurs getting Basuma, a Premier League proven player who's very, very good for such a low fee as well. I mean, that compared to paying what 60 80 million euros for Casemiro. Mm. She, uh, and apparently they were they offered him what four five hundred grand a week <laughs> for a thirty year old like they just don't learn do they they, they, they don't learn and it, I'm I'm here to live for at the end of the day yep yeah I, I do have to question some of our transmitters because I think first of all I do think Jude Bellingham will come to us but I think I don't think Dortmund will be willing to sell him to the, to their best players essentially in the same window but I do think they'll probably sell him next summer. Which may mean more competition, but I do think that I think he's good, quite friendly with Jordan Henderson. I think there's that link which could help us get him. Uh, but I think there'll be loads of clubs after him. So I think if we, I think, I think we'll still get him next year, but I don't think we'll get him this year. I will say that Klopp has been proven over the years that you don't always have to ration buy players. Look at Man U getting Maguire and paying that money, whereas Klopp waited for Van Dyke, waited till January and got him. And I think that. I, I have trust in him to get the right player and he's not really brought anyone that's failed so I do have trust in him that he's going to buy the right players when needs to I think I really wanted us to get that Matthias Nunes but uh, I think Wolves beat us to it but I do think the field is an issue because you've got obviously thankfully Edits come in he offers more creativity but Thiago is a really big key part but he's so injury prone it is an issue in that sense um, Henderson's getting old Milner same thing Fabinho has not been in good form, unfortunately, the last few games. And we've got a lot of players who are the same. We just need that stunning different in our midfield because we've got a lot of workhorse midfielders like Cater, like Milner, like Henderson. But apart from Harvey Elliott, we haven't really got many, you know, midfielders that are going to, you know, wow you sort of thing to get you goals and assists. But, and also, like, we haven't got a great depth. Like, we've got Henderson's in Chipone as well. You know, we've got no Jottle for me, no either at the moment. I think there is a, a lacking problem. I think that whilst we've got a great first eleven, I do think that 
you know, this is why City have won league after league and we've done better in cups because their depth is so good. They, they can play like a different player in each position each week. They can play, you know, Mahrez and Bernardo Silva one week. They could play Grealish and not, now not Sterling, but they can play all these different players in different positions. And then you've got Julian Alvarez, who hasn't even had a kick yet. We just bought a left back, we'd probably not play either. We've got Cancelo, Walker, Diaz, Ake, Laporte. They've got so many players. That's why I think they'll want to go and win the league. And I think that's why they're a great league team is because they've got so much depth. With I think we've got just that problem with depth. And I think we've seen now, as we saw a couple of years ago, that give us a few injuries and we just look a different side. I mean, there's no Jota, Firmino, Thiago, Canate, Matip. It's a lot of players to be out. And I think that it's... I think Nat Phillips is a fault for the goal as well in the game on Monday night. So I, I do think we have, to, we have to be worried about that. But as long as we have Klopp there, there's always reason to be positive. So, um, I mean, one one thing, just just going back to the United chat quickly, Ronaldo, I can't work out for the life of me why nobody wants him. This is arguably still one of the best players in the world. Look at the goals he still scored last season in the Premier League, even in that very, very poor team. How how can clubs be turning their noses up at him? Like it's not just what you get on the pitch as well. Like the commercial revenue that he brings in is obscene. And I don't I don't get like he was offered apparently as well to both Milan clubs who 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 both turned him down. And I think AC Milan, I'd I'd, I'd love to see him there. It'd be a perfect fit in my opinion because they haven't really got an out-and-out goal score. I mean, they've got Ibrahimovic there. Um, but, I mean, he's recovering, I think, from a long-term injury. So, I don't I don't get, like I say, why he's not wanted by these big clubs. It just baffles me. The thing with what I always defended him last year was the fact that he scored all his goals and without him, they'd be way worse. And I think this season, I think we saw in that first game how better they looked when he came on the pitch. Yeah. But I do think now, I think there comes a point where I think you have to sell him because I think you can see now the body language isn't there. He obviously has lots of going on off the field. You've seen on his social media in recent days. So I do think they should probably sell him now because I think he is causing distraction and I think you can see his body language isn't there. He doesn't want to be there. But... I think Neville made a good point actually that they might, if they don't buy anyone to replace him, they could finish mid table, um, which I don't think will happen, but um, it is worrying for him because they look so much better when he plays. But I think what? it's worrying the fact that no teams want him. I and mean, I don't know whether there's something going on we don't know about behind the scenes in to do with those tweets he did. Uh, I don't know whether there's something going on, maybe teams are put off by his body language in recent weeks. Well, I don't, I mean, perhaps this is wedged. Demands. I don't know. We, we, obviously, we don't know what you'd, you'd think he would be willing to accept less if he's that desperate for a move away to a Champions League club as well. But I, I think he's right. I think they would finish mid-table if they let him go because who else is there to score the goals? Like they had Cavani last season, who obviously has chipped in here and there. So I don't really understand why they didn't at least try and keep him. He's someone who's going to you know, score goals at least and. You know, he still runs around like mad, even at his age. So they're not just their income and business, but their outgoing business has just been absolutely unreal. And I mean, it's obviously a similar situation to when obviously Ozil was at us and 
there was all this drama every single week and it was always about him and it was so much of a distraction obviously in the end we cut our losses and we let him go and I think that's what United are probably going to have to do because he obviously doesn't doesn't want to be there and you, you either have to try and convince him to stay and build the team around him and that's because that's, and you have to play him week in week out not like last season where Rangnick would have him in the squad one week and not in the squad another week and everyone was a little bit bemused and you know, you've got to do that or you just got to get rid of him and, and have him out of the squad. And they, obviously they've only got, what, 12 days left, I think? Yeah, yeah 12 days. <clears throat> Something like that. So there ain't a lot of time, obviously, to... I mean, even if he leaves on a free transfer, he can still join another club, obviously, after the, the window shuts. But it's, uh, um, it's baffling, really. I think the issue with Ronaldo is is a lot of teams do, of course, want him. Who wouldn't want Ronaldo? But he obviously wants to play Champions League football, so that narrows it down mm. to, you know, a dozen or so clubs that he could go to. And then most of those clubs already have an established striker, so he has maybe two, three, or four that he can possibly go to. But I think most sides are unwilling at this point to – they believe that Ronaldo is more of a distraction while it will bring in the incredible commercial revenue. Um, when you have to change the entire system just to fit the needs of, of one player and that player who's on a salary of hundreds of thousands of euros per week and at 37 years old, you only have him for maybe a season. I think that's what's holding some of those top teams back is, is think, just they don't think it's worth it. I think that is what put Milan off because they're yeah. – they're a lot more, um, obviously, they, they, they had their, their banner years, obviously, over the last 10 years or so. And, and now they're a lot more structured. They're, they respect the transfer window a, a lot more and they're a lot more disciplined in the wages that they're offering people now. And I think that was a big reason why they lost Frank Kessie. But perhaps that was why they weren't willing to, to take him on. Um, but like I say, there is, they're in, they're in a lot of sort of, high-profile Champions League clubs out there unless he went to RB Salzburg or Anderlecht or somewhere. <laughs> all right, so before we move on to our final league, quick one-word answer from all of you. As of September the 2nd, where will Naira be? Uh, Naeem will go to you first. United. And uh, Jonathan? United, hesitantly. Uh, Ryan? I'm going to go for, a, for an outside shout somewhere or a story being linked. I'm going to say Atletico Madrid. Ooh, oh. that, that, the fans wouldn't like that, I tell you that. that would be their, their, their owner or whoever is in charge, I saw, them, I saw a quote saying that they would love, love to have him and they were working out if they could financially do it. So I think it's one to, one to watch. I mean, he was willing to go to Man City, so you don't, you don't obviously care that much about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. It still yeah. might start a war, though. Yeah, the fans would not. <laughs> it's all those banners they had recently. I think the fans would be outraged. But it would be good good TV. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, do, I say don't rule that MLS, but I'm going to go for another road shout. I'm going to go for Inter Milan, just as a three different. They didn't have Lukaku. Yeah. yeah I think they've got... I've got Lukaku and Martinez and Edin Dzeko as well. Oh, that's true. Okay. I, I'm going to change my answer now. now I've, I didn't, didn't think of Dzeko as well. Um, ooh. I mean, they could play Marnie out wide and buy, and buy and get him. 
Iron could buy him. You know, he's not done the Bundesliga yet. Um, oh, they tried, didn't they? They tried Bayern, and they weren't for one reason or another willing to. And I don't know why, because it's an ideal fit, really. Mm. I mean, I don't know whether he would go there because of how much a downgrade it would be, and also what went on in the past with his private life. But I do think at some point you will see him in MLS. I think that the the name he is, I think teams would try and get him at some point because it would attract a lot of people to the sport. If he can get Ronaldo to MLS, I think that would draw in a lot of viewers. And I do think that. They would. Well, I don't. I don't know why he hasn't thought about maybe going back to Sporting. I mean, they're in, they're in the Champions League, I believe. Yeah, I think they are. There's been talk of that. I think according to the bookmakers, the second favourite was a Bridge at Dortmund. Um, but Sporting Lisbon a third. I think Manu were first. Um, oh, don't, don't don't for the love of you call them Sporting Lisbon. Fucking hell. Oh yeah, oh, yeah no, we, 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 we <laughs> comments. We um, oh, I have forgotten how you pronounce it now, but um, it's just sporting or sporting club. A sporting fan. Um, yeah, apologies, apologies for the mix there. Um, now talking to Ronaldo, his former club Madrid, obviously playing La Liga. We're going to head to that as our final league. Head over to Naim. Um, so all yours. Yeah, so there's not really too much shocks in the first weekend of La Liga. Um, like you mentioned, Real Madrid, they took on newcomers Almira. They actually went down 1-0 in the first 10 minutes, but they turned it around in the second half. Benzema didn't score in this game. Um, obviously, he was their top goal scorer last season. The other, obviously, promoted teams, Real Valladolid, they was at home. They took on Villarreal and they lost 3-0. That actually, it was actually went into the first half 0-0, but then three goals in the second half secured the win for Villarreal. And then the last, last promoted team was Girona. They were away to Valencia. Uh, only goal of the game was scored, scored by Carlos Soler. Um, so, yeah, all three promoted teams didn't get off to the greatest start. But I'd say the only really shock this weekend, other than Barcelona drawing 0-0, messing my bet up, um, it was all all over Raya Velocano, but they just couldn't score. Um, they had the new signings out, Lewandowski. Lewandowski was up front starting, Rafinha was starting as well, and Andres Christensen, but they couldn't break them down. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do well this season. They probably will. Um, it's just only the first game. But yeah, with Chavi's team, you know, they will dominate the possession uh, and obviously dominate games. But yeah, they just need to be a bit more clinical than that. But yeah, going to probably the shock of the weekend, of surprise result was actually the opening game of the weekend. Obviously, Osasuna, they took on Sevilla. Obviously, we mentioned in our preview, you know, Sevilla, they lost two of their starting centre-backs. And, yeah, they actually lost 2-1 in the end. The game looked like it was set for a draw. But Academy prospect Aima Oras, he actually scored from the penalty spot and it was, was Osasuna's first win over Sevilla since 2013. So, yeah, this goes to show that also soon, I haven't really got a good record against them, but they got the win. And yeah, Sevilla, they might bounce back next weekend, but we'll see. But I'll just quickly go through um, the other results. Uh, Real Betis, they, actually, they won 3-0 against Elche. Atletico Madrid, they won 3-0 away from home against Getafe. Alvaro Morata got two goals. Um, he's obviously back from his loan spell against um, from Juventus. In the game, um, Jao Felix actually got all three assists. So I think it'll be a, a good season. I think he will have a good season this year. Um, and yeah, Morata, 
although you know not people don't really rate him he, he will score you goals and you know I know Andy doesn't really fancy him that much but you know he's he's there to score goals and that's what he does so yeah not not really too much to report on on the weekend a few games to look out for this weekend the first one I will say uh on Sunday Atletico Madrid are taking on Villarreal obviously both teams they won 3-0 over, over the weekend um so yeah it'll be good to see um how that game game goes so that's one game I'll say to look out for uh the second one Real Sociedad against Barcelona um obviously Barcelona they got that 0-0 draw at home so they're going to look to obviously win that game yeah Sociedad they got a narrow 1-0 win against Cadiz on the weekend and then the last game I'd say Look out for Athletic Club against Valencia. Athletic Club, they drew 0-0 on their first weekend. And, yeah, Valencia, they might do well this season. So, yeah, those are three games to look out for, but mainly the Athletic Club Madrid really real one because you've got two good managers and good squads on show. And, yeah, that's just, pretty much a run-off of the first weekend of La Liga. So, yeah, roll on this weekend. Just, just a quick one as well. Um, mm. The Real Sociedad against Barcelona, Barcelona game is actually on ITV4 this weekend. Ooh, anyone who didn't know, obviously, ITV uh, got a new deal with La Liga to show, I think, up to 10 games um, for the next three seasons as well, which is obviously good news. Yeah. Ordinarily, it's on Premier Sports, but um, yeah, I just, uh, I just remembered it and just wanted to check to see the first live game, but um, don't know if I want to watch it after watching... Barcelona, oh, weekend. Yeah. Christ Almighty! I mean, they messed my bet up as well. But they they were making me angry watching that game. They at one stage the substitutions that they made were pathetic. Like they towards the end, bear in mind there was about ten minutes at a time. So for about twenty minutes of the game in total, they had three, I think, three or four defenders at the back. They had one midfielder and they had about six strikers on the pitch. Jeez. And they were just smashing the ball up like prime stoke. And they weren't they weren't getting anywhere. And I was like, what what they what was they doing? And some of their players looked well off it. Like they looked like they'd just, you know, finished a heavy session. I mean, Dembele and Pese, they, they they both fell over a couple of times, miscontrolling the ball. And it was I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest with you. I mean, even Lewandowski wasn't he had a couple of decent chances, didn't put them away. The only player that looked any good was Rafinha, to be honest with you. And yeah, um, not yeah, I, I'm not going to say any more on Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest. Um, but I think we'll definitely see at some point. I'll definitely get the they'll feel the sort of they'll feel the effects of what they're doing. I think it's going to come back and bite them. They're just taking pay, payday loans out. Yeah, we're called one graph scene, actually. Yes, we'll have Gary Neville on here talking about it soon, so. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> but that has been the end of our Eurotrips podcast for this week. Hopefully next week I'll be in a bit better mood if we have one, because if we lose that game, I'll be depressed. Yeah. Um, but this has <laughs> been Andy. This has been Naeem. This has been Ryan. This has been Jonathan. And we will see you next time.